when my family got a new kitchen table, the only thing we were interested in was the box. We called the box and we set to work building a house out of it. We cut off the top of the box and we put saran wrap and we made a skylight. <laughs> and we made a mailbox for the outside for all the mail we would get. And inside we wallpapered it and we added a flashlight to the ceiling. That way we'd have some light. And we made a little table and we attached it to the side and we would hang out in there and you know play house and it was a lot of fun Welcome to the fourth episode of Curious About Art with George from the International Association of Play-Based Art Teaching. And we're once again sitting around the red table with our tea. We've kind of established our, our place here. And I was talking to you um, a little bit. Um, this is myself, Alona Sakelli, and my father, um, George Sakelli. And I was just kind of venting a little bit about uh, some of my experiences over the last week. I've walked into some wonderful art rooms. And um, there was one room that just didn't feel like the art room. In fact, I was a little taken aback. I thought I was in the wrong space. Um, it just felt like a, a, regular, um, a regular elementary classroom. And um, I was there for about an hour and a half. And it just the space itself seemed very empty to me. And the things on the walls were very, um, were posters that were very, um, you know, done by um, different companies. There wasn't any art of the kids on the walls. Um, and I think that's one of the things we were just talking about is what it means to actually be an art room um, versus other rooms in the class. And I know that you know teachers feel um, like they have to kind of fit in, but I, I don't think that that helps in any way the students in the class or even the, the teacher themselves in terms of establishing themselves in the, in the school. So... What were some of your, your thoughts on that? Well, because it's so close to the Derby, I can't... Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ignore that being um, uh, in Kentucky right now. Um, and um, the um, art room uh, is being set up uh, with the help of the students uh, to make it look more like Churchill Downs, more like a derby track. The tables are moved in this oval and of course the chairs are removed. Um, one of the things that right away in terms of an art room there has to be room. The art room is a playground, it's an indoor playground. It's not where students are tied to tables and chairs. Art is not made sitting at a table and chair. In the pose of taking tests, in the mode of um, taking notes all day. So as often as possible, um, I move the tables and of course remove the chairs. 
they call me the moving man, <laughs> especially the janitors very frustrated with me because nothing is ever in place or it's supposed to be in place. Um, I think it's so important to change the environment to what's going on that day, that it doesn't always look the same, right? That the art room is never the exact same, but also to understand that we all work so differently. Um, you know, I at home work on the floor, so for me to be at a desk would be very difficult uh, when, when making art. So to understand that kids feel the same way, that there's different ways of, of interacting with. There is such a freedom when they... Uh, realize that they can take their shoes off. Yes, they're standing on holy ground. <laughs> they are. They, they are. They are free. You know, it's it's like being at home. Um, and very seldom at home do you see kids actually making doing homework on on a desk, or even if you buy them the the fanciest desk to do their homework on. Right. Uh, but once you get to the floor, the world changes. It becomes um, a very um, different view and um, the freedoms. Uh, you're away from school. If, if, if at all you can be away from school in a schoolroom, being on the floor is as close as you can get. Under the table, yes. You know, <laughs> that's, that's a really great private space and cave and shopping center and, and playhouse and so forth. But... Um, Tables and chairs um, um, are not an art studio, mm-hmm. and I think the idea that um, the uh, art room is a canvas, we really need to rethink every space, that there is room to move and there is room to cover the larger canvases, like the walls, you know, and uh, where, where are, why do we need to have all the kids' work exhibits in the room itself when the wall is such an important space to, to play on. The floor is an important space, so you need to move the tables so really have the sense that you have this huge space to work on. Outdoor art is always more exciting than indoor art. So the question is, how can we make the indoors? Yeah, and I feel like we're able to create bigger on the floor um, there's such a feeling of being confined when you're at a desk. So really, you can um, not only work bigger, but even your in, your interaction, like your body's interaction um, with the whatever you're making is very different. So you can move your arms differently, your whole body differently once you've um, changed spaces. And I, I know for me personally, that's that's one of the reasons I like the floor, but I see that with my students is that they're they're more free because their bodies are more free. They're not confined to that desk. Um, and, it, you know, I think when your body's more free, your mind's also more free. So to understand that, that there is a connection there is important. Well, we have the um, hand really being used in a mechanical way all day. When we take notes, we turn pages, we take tests mm-hmm. at the desk and we hold the pencil with a heavy grip. Yes. (laughs) And certainly not with the freedom of a baton or the freedom of a a toy. (laughs) So it's important to to move more than just your hands mechanically with a mechanical tool like a ballpoint pen. Mm -hmm. So how do you free the body and how do you free your hands? First of all, to consider all 
art tools as toys and play with them. Mm -hmm. And um, that uh, is something to encourage. But then um, to use the body, you need to be able to have space to use the body. Um, as simple as standing rather than sitting when you're... Um, yes. But uh, uh, the floor itself and, of course, um, now with, with uh, if you have a... Um, A racetrack. Um, you don't want to sit next to the racetrack and 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 draw. You want to be able to follow the action. And uh, kids' art, their hearts beat faster. Their their art is action art. And how do you harness that action and allow that action to thrive in classes? Is requires movement. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, getting back to. The classroom that I was observing, I think one of the things that bothered me is just walking into the room. It didn't feel conducive to to movement, right? They were, you know, little desks. Um, it just it didn't feel like an, an art room, and I think that's um, that's really important to change the spaces, as you were saying, but to also just I, I don't know, set up a different atmosphere that, where the kids can actually go and. Uh, pick out tools themselves and pick out things to work with and use the floor if they want to or use the desk if they want to, right? Or use, you know, or um, go under the tables if they want to. So giving these choices are really important. But I think something about changing that space for them um, to make it conducive to, to art. The question for uh, the kids and, and for the art teacher is, which is your space in the art room? And the kids uh, may say, well, the, the paper that I'm drawing or painting on yes. is my space. And that's a very limited space. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, what goes on to that space is really dictated by what's on the board, what the assignment is. Yes. But then, how do you really extend that space um, and um, have the kids feel that the room is theirs, the entire room is theirs? And uh, they can set up anywhere in the room. They can um, shop anywhere in the room. That closets and doors are not closed. Mm -hmm. I used to work with a colleague who used to put a motorcycle chain on every yes. closet, <laughs> as if you remember. I do. <laughs> and I want the kids to know from the beginning that this is their room. Yeah. And uh, not only getting up and moving is allowed, but it's required. <laughs> you know, it's important for their artwork. Yeah. So um, the art room needs to have exciting shopping places. It needs to have big surfaces to um, uh, to play on. It needs to, as you said, choices in places. Yes. To work. Yeah, and those choices are, I think, really. Uh, very valuable. Um, and I, you know, I don't think we're saying that there shouldn't be maybe areas for, you know, supplies that we're not using right now or teachers things or any of that kind of stuff. But I think even giving them, I know when I was first teaching, I had just a whole series of bins that they could go through. And um, I had a, you know, one of the things you've always used, and I, I love it, is the, uh, the play pool. So a series of bins, a series of play pools, and they knew they could always go to those areas um, to, to pick things out. So having that shopping area, I think, is, is valuable. 
I think it's most important that an artist works with the supplies that they see possibilities in, mm -hmm. that they respond to, that they discovered, instead of handing supplies to someone to really find the meaning of your art and express it through the supplies that you gather. Yes. So kids can't come in empty-handed. They, they come in with, with collections and they also contribute to those shopping sites constantly. In fact, um, the end of the period, everybody takes um, a variety of shopping bags that I always have available, paper shopping bags, mm -hmm. home. So they can fill it with great things to bring to the next class. So the beginning of the class is not starting with nothing, it's starting with what they brought in, and it's also starting with going around the room and see what's available. Yeah. And there's a, the surprise of opening up these shopping sites, of looking through a great toy box. So hat boxes, toy boxes, old suitcases, old camp trunks. Those are places you want to shop in, treasure chests. That's, those are great shopping sites. Yeah. I, I think uh, when I knew I made it, <laughs> is when I had not only the kids bringing stuff in, but other teachers bringing stuff in, and administrators bringing stuff in, and parents bringing stuff in, and um, kind of creating a whole community of people understanding the importance of um, these items for, for the kids. So it was a, um, it became a larger community of, oh, do you know, do you need this in the art classroom? You know, this is, um, this looked kind of cool, and it might be something, you know, your students could use. And uh, once you start having, you know, administrators say that to you, I feel like, I felt like I made it anyway. <laughs> it starts uh, in the um, cafeteria. There's all kinds of wonderful things to shop for. Right. This uh, a secretary's uh, office. Um, there are mm. all kinds of things thrown out. And not to be proud to look into trash cans and things discarded in school. Mm -hmm. And then the same way, wherever you go to be a shopper, oh, we need this in school. Oh, I think I can use this in school. Oh, I think I have an idea for this. So when kids um, want to take things home from the market and the parents say, you don't need that, mm -hmm. or they want to take things home from um, a fast food place, you know, you're not the good kid because you want to take everything home. You're, oh, you're so good, you know, you want to clean up the table and just sew <laughs> things out. Um, so you, you develop this, this habit that you consider the school shopping site and you also always are thinking of what you can do with what you found. Yes. So that's a great journey all the way to the art room where you're thinking of what this could be used for. And the art... Uh, class is basically a, a studio where you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think, uh, you know, training students almost to say that, well, I'm going to be, you know, I need this for art class. You know, I'm bringing this home because I need it for art class. I think that, you know, I think for a lot of my students gives it some validity. Um, oh, okay, you need it for school. That's important, right, when you need something for school. Um, so... I think kind of keeping that mantra in mind is, is important. And then, you know, when they are making stuff in school from these items and seeing the value of it once it comes home and the parents then, you know, kind of is a reciprocal thing. So um, I appreciate that. 
you know, always to remember that if the art supplies are standard and they're uh, simply opened up from a Dick Blick uh, catalog and brought and opened up in class, uh, the art will be the same in school. You already predetermined the art, the size, the look, the scale. Um, <clears throat> so if, if you want the art to be the student's art, uh, the materials have to come from the artist. Yeah. And um, I always love to tell stories about my shopping expeditions. I love to tell them in the different places all over the world, all over the country, where I send uh, for different things that I would need for my own painting. Um, so um, it, it needs to have a view of what's going to happen with that supply, and only individual artists can... Um, um, make that decision based on what they found. Yeah. So that's, that's a major step if you can really um, have the students prepare their own supplies. Yeah, and just like we talked last uh, episode about the still life and the importance of bringing their own stuff to the still life, right? I think it's also important. Uh, once you bring your own supplies like this, your own materials um, and your own ideas... Um, it changes the way um, you feel about what you're making. So if you bring something really interesting in and exciting in, obviously you're going to want to, you know, create something out of that because, you know, you started that process um, not by you getting it from me, the teacher, right, but by you actually finding it. And that, that changes the equation. Yes. The art coming from yourself. And you are in charge and, and you are, even though the teachers, of course, can make comments and can make suggestions, but that you are uh, the expert of your work. Yeah. And you have to really take charge as early as possible, as young as possible, as early as possible of your work, of the yeah. course of your work, from the beginning, from its discovery, from the concepts, the ideas, to the materials to the actual execution. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of conversation out there, I feel like, that talks about the importance of um, kids being creative, right, and creativity, and um, I don't understand any other way to get there besides kids coming up with ideas on their own, right? And um, we're not really allowing for that anywhere. Like, we're talking about it um, on a very abstract level, but I don't really see it happening in other places besides the art room. Um, so I think what we're doing is so so vital for kids because um, that really is, you know, hopefully what they're going to be doing for for years to come, right, is uh, some of, you know, turning these in, turning their creativity into, you know, creative paths and creative jobs and not necessarily, um, you know, being artists, but there's lots of creative fields out there. And um, some of these things that they're doing now will, uh, be part of their future. So, Trust the artist. And that's the key to it. Mm -hmm. Trust each artist in your class. And if you don't have the trust in them, if you feel that you have to hold their hands, if you have to uh, define every step and every move, uh, you're not trusting the artist. So once you begin to let go, and stop playing teacher. I think naturally, um, people who want to go into who desire to go into teaching, 
liked to play teacher when they were young. Yes. They liked the control of it. They, they like mm-hmm. being in charge. And then they see other teachers. And as student teachers, they see other teachers who are in charge. Um, it's just the opposite. It's, it's not the, the idol of a teacher who um, has great command of the class, but the teacher who's willing to step back, to observe, to cheer on, to, to um, uh, promote this, this um, um, participation of every artist in the class. Um, I remember when you came home Ilona one day from school and said to me I have such a great art teacher and I said wow that is so good to hear (laughs) and and you proceeded to say well she knows everything (laughs) in other words the art teacher is the expert and she's such a great art teacher no that's not what I wanted to hear Yeah, it's that I love the art class because finally I can say, I can do, I can move, I can think. And the art teacher is a great supporter of mine. That would be, would have been a better message. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting that, uh, that relationship. um, and, And it's, it's strange because you're used to a different relationship with other teachers, right? You're used to them being the, the bearer of knowledge for math, for example, right? Or in English class. And I think it is hard for us not to um, go down that same path and realize that our teaching is actually very different than that. Um, and you kind of get swept up into that education um, realm and not really... Um, thinking so much about the fact that you're um, you're a different person in the school and you're really working on different things with your students than, than the other art teachers. And I think it's important to also put that to your students, obviously, but for the rest of the school to understand that too. So um, we have a huge job, I feel like, because we're not just there for our students, but we also have to um, educate the rest of the school as well in terms of what we do. Exactly. Well said. And <laughs> art is scary, you know, and art is supposed to be fun. But as an artist, every time that I face a canvas, it's scary. Um, and scary because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But exciting because you learn from the journey. Yes. The same way teaching, when you go in and you don't go in with answers... You don't go in with knowing what's going to happen exactly in detail in a lesson plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's scary. Yes, oh, absolutely. So, but look at all the rewards. Look at you learning. You're being taught by 24 or 25 different artists each day. Yes. You're being surprised by them. You're being enriched by them. I can't see art teaching going on for 30 years till retirement just listening to my own lessons one repeated semester after semester but going in learning and bringing home new ideas and and being excited by each artist in my class that i trust will surprise me that makes it a uh, a 50 year journey yes <laughs> <You know? laughs> that makes it really exciting to teach scary but exciting yeah, there's something wonderful about that uh, 
learning from your students and bringing that into your own art as well, which is wonderful, into your own life. So um, I want to thank you for being with us and sharing another episode around the uh, Red Table. Uh, Curious about art with George, and we hope to see you soon.